0: We begin now with sujud. We finished we finished standing after Ruku and now we go into sujud. Again, as we started with every position of Salah, the first thing we say is Allahu Akbar. It's the refocus button. We're moving in prayer, so we're reminding ourselves again, if your mind wandered, hey buddy, come back, focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is greater than anything or that might be on your mind, greater than anything that might be concerning you, Allah is greater, period. So we remind ourselves about Allah, and then we why we are praying, and we go into sujood. And as we said, what's the second thing we keep saying? When you get into the position, attain calmness, very important. Very, very important. When you get into the position, attain calmness. So don't go down and bounce right back up. And inshallah, after this session, the hope is that we'll understand some of the, the hidden treasures of sujood, and we won't want to bounce back. We'll want to stay in sujood. طيب Now, remember we said in the beginning that when we look down in prayer, one of the benefits or the reflections is that we're longing to go to this position. Now, finally, the time has come where we've been looking down at the position of sajda, now we are ready to go into sajda. Now, Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he says, أَسُّجُودُ سِرُّ الصَّلَاةِ وَرُكْنُهَا الْأَعْظَمُ وَخَاتِمَةُ الرَّكْعَةِ وَمَا قَبْلَهُ مِنَ الْأَرْكَانِ كَالْمُقَدِّمَاتِ لَهُ He says, sujood is the secret of salah. This position right here is the key to salah. And he says, and it's it's greatest pillar, And he says, and it's the completion of the raka'ah. And he says, what everything came before it. Because when does the ruku' start? When we say, Allahu Akbar. When we say, Alhamdulillah, this is the beginning of ruku'ah. When does it end? After sujood, we come back and we start our second raka'ah. So he's saying, sujood is like the end of the raka'ah. And he's saying, everything that comes before sujood is almost like introductions to this position of salah. So, what do we say? Number one, we'll talk about what do we say. We say, Subhana Rabbi al Again, similar to Subhana Rabbi al in ruku. Number one, we say how perfect you are, O Allah, Subhan. How perfect you are, Rabbi, my Lord. Again, indicates closeness. We're close to Allah Subhanahu taala, my Lord. Subhana Rabbi al-A'la, the Most High. And just like in ruku' when we go into a position of instability and we see how perfect is our Lord, the most supreme, most stable, most powerful. Now when we go into sujood, we lower ourselves to the lowest position possible and we see how perfect is our Lord, the most high. The opposite of what we do, we praise Allah, how perfect is He, subhanahu and just like we said, the sabbaha, the tasbih, seen, baha, the root comes from swimming. Just again, it's a reminder, we need to constantly remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep our head afloat so we don't drown in this dunya. And just like we said in ruku'ah, when you say subhana rabbil azim or in this case subhana rabbil ala, this goes up to the arsh of Allah, the throne of Allah, and it goes around the throne of Allah, making remembrance of the one who said this these words. And by the way, I forgot to mention, but same thing as Sallallahu al Hamida, that standing after Ruku, we say, Rabbana وَلَكَ Hamd." And just like we praise Allah, the hadith says, tahmeed And praising Allah goes around the Arsh of Allah. So when we praise Allah in this position, between Ruku and Sujood, it goes around the Arsh of Allah. So another thing to help you focus. And again, when we go in Sujood, it goes up to Allah and it goes around the Arsh of Allah and it keeps make, making mention of the one who said it. Now, just like Ruku, what we can also say here, Subbuhun Quddus, Rabbul Malaikati wal Ruh. Again, we want to praise Allah more and more, so we say this constantly perfect and constantly holy is He, Lord of the angels and Lord of Jibreel alayhi salam. Now, Subhanallah, what's beautiful about sujood is that you lower yourself to Allah. You lower yourself to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and you declare the perfection of the Most High. See, we are, as slaves of Allah, we are imperfect, we make mistakes, we humble ourselves completely to Allah, and we declare the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But before physically we lower ourselves, brothers and sisters, we must, we must, and before we physically make sajda to Allah, our hearts must make sajda to Allah. What does that mean? You see, there is no greater form of submission than putting your forehead on the ground. Amongst the dirt and the dust and where people walk, you have submitted your most noble part of the body, you have submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what is, I'm asking you this question, what is that physical submission worth in prayer if outside of prayer we haven't submitted to Allah? Allah says, you must pray five times a day, but we don't want to maybe pray five times a day. Allah says, you must go to Jum'ah for, leave your work and go to Jum'ah. But, I yani, my boss is really happy about that. Allah declares war on the one who takes interest, but I need to roll on my Beamer, man. I can't settle for a Corolla. I gotta go in the Beamer. Allah says that you must, so many things. How have we submitted ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know, you know uh, one of the imams, he says that there's five main madhabs. There's the Hanafis, the Hanbalis, the Shafi'is, the Manikis. There's also the Burger King madhab. Because <laughs> the Burger King madhab, the, their slogan is, have it your way. So like, I like to travel, so give me a little bit of hajj. You know, I, I want to lose weight, so give me some fasting. But nah, I'm not really down with, you know, I'm not really down with salah. You know, I don't want hijab. I don't want beard. You know, I don't, there's some things are just... But Allah says, Ya أَيُّ amanu. O you who believe, enter into Islam completely, meaning submit yourselves completely to Allah subhanahu wa taala. There's no picking and choosing the religion of Allah. The Prophet said that none of you will have iman until your heart follows what the Prophet came with. So we don't choose what we want from Islam; we change ourselves to fit what Allah wants from us. And wallah, we have an epidemic in the West that you don't really find in the East, but in the West we have this. You see, in the in the East, if somebody wants to drink alcohol, طيب, he's going to drink alcohol, but he's not going to claim Islam says it's halal. You have somebody who's a homosexual. He's not going to claim Islam says homosexuality is halal. Somebody's not going to wear hijab. They're not going to say Islam says not wearing hijab is halal. But here you have everybody making every sort of claim on the religion of Allah. And because everybody has Facebook and Twitter and blogs and websites, as everybody has their own platform, I interpret Islam how I want to be. You know, my sister in law teaches at an Islamic school. And she teaches middle school students. So one day, a mother of a, one of the girls in her class came to her and said, stop imposing your version of Islam on my daughter. This, she inspired the sister to start wearing hijab. And her mother got upset and said, quit imposing your version of Islam on my daughter. need. Yani, there's what? There's like version 2.0, version 3.0, version 2012. What? Like everybody now claims whatever they want about Islam. But in America, we have this. We have people who are so-called imams who are openly homosexual and openly admitting they're in a relationship with another man. And they say Islam condones it and promotes it. So you're making sense every time physically, but where is the heart? If you submit it to Allah, no, you want Allah to submit to your desires. Allah says in the Quran: "Ya إِنَّ اللَّهَ أَعْمَلُ لَا تَرْفَعُ أَصْوَاتَكُمْ فَوْقَ صَوْتِ النَّبِيِّ." Oh, you who believe, don't raise your voice above the voice of the prophet. The Prophet died. What do you mean? Don't raise your voice above the voice of the prophets? Whatever the Prophet taught us, whatever Allah taught us, if we say what we want is better than what the Prophet said. We are raising our voice above the voice of the Prophet ﷺ. Submission. <laughs> this is the basics of Islam. So when you submit with your heart first, then, then when the body makes sujood, it means something. It means something. And subhanAllah, the Prophet ﷺ, he says in Sahih Muslim, فَمَا أَحَدٌ لِلَّهِ إِلَّا رفعه الله. When you go into sujood, you humble yourself to Allah Taala. The Prophet says, no one humbles himself to Allah except that Allah raises his rank. You see, that's why you find in in عبودية لله, in servitude to Allah is again the completeness of honor and dignity. You submit yourself to Allah. Allah is going to raise your rank. Allah is going to raise your rank. And you know, SubhanAllah, what's amazing? In Surah Iqra, the first surah revealed in the Quran, Surah, surah Iq- Iqra, Bismi Rabbi Khalaq, Surah Surah Alaq. What's the first thing in the first ayah in the Surah Iqra? Recites. What's the first thing we do in prayer? Alhamdulillah, rabbil Alamin. We recite. What's the end of Surah Iqra? Surah Alat. Kalla tuti'hu. Wasjud waqatarib. Make sajda to Allah and get close to Allah. And the last the last part of the rak'ah that we do is sujud. Symmetry is beautiful. It's beautiful. Now Allah says, wasjud waqatarib. So you're going low, Allah is high, but Allah is saying you're drawing close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when you humble yourself to Allah, Allah raises your rank. And Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, he says, taqar, taqarrab, taqarrab taala sujud." That even though your body goes low, your soul draws close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're in sujood. So now when you're in this position where your soul is close to Allah, this is where the ball game just goes up another notch. You're close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a position, I mean, think about it, subhanAllah, how many concerns have been alleviated in sujood? How many du'as have been answered in sujood? How many difficulties have been made easy in sujood? This is a position of honor. You know, brothers and sisters, imagine something. You know, sometimes we don't, we don't understand. The Prophet imagine. Imagine if every day, five times a day, a beggar comes to your door. Knocks on your door and he humbles himself to you. Not only does he humble himself to you, but he praises you by words like you like to be praised. And he asks of you and he thanks you and he even bows down his head on the ground in front of you. Would you not feel mercy for this? Five times a day, willingly he comes to you. Would you not feel mercy for this person? If a beggar comes to us in the street just now as we're leaving, we'll, we'll feel mercy towards him. Especially if he starts crying and saying, I need some help, man, please just help me a little. Five times a day the same person comes. If this is how we would feel shy from this person, what about, What about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Akramun Akramin, The most generous of those who are generous, Arhamun rahimeen The most merciful of those who are merciful. Five times a day, you and I willingly answer the call of Allah and willingly we put the most noble part of our body on the ground, submitting to Allah, praising the perfection of Allah. And then when we ask Allah, do you not think He will answer us? Do you not think He will answer us? Subhanallah, you know the Ibrahim Adhan. He says that if the kings of the world knew the sweetness that we taste in our sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know how nowadays they attack the Muslim lands and take their resources. They'll take the oil and they'll take the olives and they'll they'll build pipelines through to, to meet their material interests. We see them wage war on the countries of Islam. Ibrahim Adam is saying, if they knew the sweetness we taste in sujood, they would wage war on us to take that from us, more than anything else. Anyone a believer? SubhanAllah, you can have someone who's, Allah taala has blessed him to make tawbah to Allah. But before his life he used to live, he's been with all the women he's wanted, he's had mansions and cars and wealth and jewelry and whatever you could think of, he had it all. And then Allah blesses him to make tawbah to Allah, to make repentance to Allah. If you ask this person what you feel in sujood when you willingly hum- humble and submit yourself to Allah, would you trade that for what you used to have from this dunya? All the sweetnesses and, and joys of this dunya, would you trade it? Wallahi, you would say Never. Never. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He, he made, he made the, the, the comfort of souls, the comfort of every individual in closeness to Him. And the Prophet ﷺ, He says, أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونُ The closest position a slave of Allah will be to Allah is when he is in sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, فَأَكْثِرُوا فِيهِ dua. So then make a lot of dua in this position, the Sahih Muslim. So you are standing, you're in, in sizda, you've humbled yourself to Allah, you declare His perfection, and then the Prophet says, Ask Allah, He will give you. He will give you. Brothers, if we, sisters, if we are going to the house the, the house of Allah. We're answering the call of Allah and we're putting our heads, submitting to Allah five times a day willingly. Do you not think He will answer? You know, Yunus ibn Matta, the Prophet Yunus alayhi salam, when he left his people, they, they disbelieved in him, so he left and he went. You know the story? He went on the boat, he was thrown off the boat, he was swallowed by a whale. Now the whale took him to the depths of the sea. Allah says, Wana he called out in the darknesses. And they say the darkness of the night in the darkness of the ocean in the darkness of the belly of the whale. And Ibn Mas'ud, he says that the whale took Yunus ibn Matta into the bottom of the ocean. Now you know, we as with all our technology we have now, we still can't see the bottom of the ocean. We, we don't have technology to get us to the bottom. But it's pitch black down there. Sometimes there's even fish who generate lights amazing. What we've been able to discover, it's amazing, subhanAllah. Al-Khaliq, the Creator. Yunus ibn he he's taken to the bottom. You know what he says? He says when he was taken to the bottom of the ocean, he heard the pebbles and the sand making tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when he heard the pebbles and the and the soil tas making tasbih of Allah. Can soil make tasbih of Allah? Absolutely. Waim shay in illayusabbihamdi Rabbi. Bihamdi hamdi rabbi, na bihamdi rabbi. Wa im mi shay in illa you sabbihu bihamdi rabbi wala killataf kahuna tasbihaum. There is nothing that Allah has created except that it makes tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, the Prophet at one time he, was making, he used to make khutbah, khutbah al, khutbah al- next to a tree stump. Then they built for him a minbar. So when the first khutbah he gave after he left the tree stump, the sahaba and the Prophet all heard the tree crying. They heard it weeping and sobbing. And the Prophet literally went to it and consoled it like a father or a mother would console its child. Because the tree was missing the words of the Prophet ﷺ being spoken right next to it. So Yunus ibn Matta, he's in the bottom of the ocean, and he hears the tasbih of the soil, and he says, Allahumma. Laka masjidan fee makan, ma anna fee. This is the believer. He looks at every opportunity to worship Allah. He says, Oh Allah, I've taken for you a place to make Sajda in which I think no one has ever worshipped you before. And he went into sujood. And Allah says, Subhanak. <laughs> inni kuntu كُنْتُ al He cried out in the depths of the darkness, Oh Allah, there is no one worthy of worship but you. How perfect you are. I was surely amongst the wrongdoers. The Prophet ﷺ said in Sahih Muslim, No one will make this du'a, this specific du'a that Yunus made alayhi salam except that Allah will answer his prayer. And Allah even says, وَكَذَٰلِكَ mu'minin." This is how we save the believers. You know Khawla, Khawla bin Thalaba. she was a woman who came to the Prophet complaining about her husband. And Aisha narrates the story. She says, I am in the room next door and there's just a, a curtain between me and Khawla and the Prophet And she's complaining to the Prophet and she says, I only heard a portion of what she was saying. I couldn't hear everything. But she said, How? Blessed is Allah, the one whose hearing encompasses everything. I couldn't hear khawla, and she was right next to me, just a curtain between us. And Allah, above the seven heavens, heard what she said to the Prophet ﷺ, and and he even revealed the ayah. قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلًا لَتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاورَكُمَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيدٌ He says Allah has indeed heard the woman who came to you on Muhammad complaining about her husband. Aisha couldn't even hear. So when you are in Sajdah, you could be crying out to Allah in the most softest voice possible. But Allah is a samir, He hears everything. So you call to Allah, and Allah hears and Allah answers. Now, brothers and sisters, just a few comments about salah, about sajda. Number one, every time you make sajda to Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives a sin and raises your rank. The Prophet said in Sahih Muslim that. He says, stick to making a lot of sajda because you will never make a sajda to Allah except that Allah will raise a rank by virtue of the sajda and forgive a sin. But now you're lowering yourself to Allah and Allah is raising your rank and forgiving your sins. Not only that, a man... Rabi'a ibn Ka'ab He was serving the Prophet ﷺ one night And this is a Muslim And he says I brought him water and what he required So the Prophet ﷺ told me He said وسلم, He said Sal Ask me whatever you want Imagine the Prophet of Allah is giving you this opportunity Ask him whatever you want He will grant it to you He will make dua to Allah to grant you that wish Ya Allah what would our wish be? You know what? Rabi'a ibn Ka'b, he says, he says, Ya Rasulullah, faqult, he says, jannah yeah Ya Allah, I wish to be with you. Ya Rasulullah, I wish to be with you in Jannah. Have you ever thought, remember we talked about the problem he went through, have you ever thought, that man, I, I can't hang with the prophets, man. The prophets are, how can I be like a prophet? You know, there was a man, who, he says, he goes to the Prophet ﷺ, he says, I am in my home. When I remember you, فَمَا أَصْمَرُ حَتَّى آتِيَ وَأَنظُرْ إِلَيْكَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I can't be patient until I come and see your face, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ But he says, When I remember, I think about my death and your death, عَرَفْتُ أَنَّكَ إِذَا دَخَلْتَ الْجَنَّةِ رَفِعْتَ مِنَ النَّ He says, when I think about my death and your death, I know that when you die, Ya Rasulullah, you're going to be raised in the ranks of the prophets. But I am just a slave from the slaves of Allah. I ain't no prophet, man. I I can't do the deeds of a prophet. We struggle to pray five times a day. But he says, when I I think that I am not going to be with you in Jannah, and this world, I can't be patient until I come and see you if I'm separated from you in Jannah. Yani, this this has caused me distress, ya Rasulullah. So the Prophet ﷺ, he tells him what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an. وَمَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَالرَّسُولَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مَعَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ Whoever obeys Allah and His Messenger will be with the prophets. It's a promise from Allah. Have you ever thought, man, will I not be with the Prophet in Jannah? What if I don't get to see him and kiss his forehead and thank him for what he's done for us? You know, this man, he asked the Prophet, Oh, Ya Rasulullah, I ask you for your companionship in Jannah. The Prophet tells him, Tayyib, it's not easy. You want it, you got to help me, help yourself get there. He says, أَعِنِّي You gotta help me, help yourself by making a lot of sajda. So you make sajda to Allah, and you humble yourself to Allah. We all long to meet the Prophet ﷺ. This, brothers and sisters, is a way for us to have companionship with the Prophet. But you know what's even greater than all of that? What's greater than all of that? Is that the Prophet ﷺ, he says, Inna in Bukhari and Muslim Sahih hadith? Allah Azza wa Jal has forbidden on hellfire to touch, to eat, to burn any of the remnants of sujood. You know what that means? Number one, that means there will be there will be people who will make sujood but who will still be in hellfire. That's number one. But if this person is in hellfire, how hell, the fire cannot touch his hands, cannot touch his face, cannot touch his knees, cannot touch his feet. It's haram on the hellfire. Now, anybody been to Masjid Nabawi, the, Pro- the Prophet's mosque? You prayed in the Rawdah. You know what the Rawdah is? The Rawdah is the, play, the position between the Prophet's rooms and his mimbar, And the Prophet him, says, this Rawdah, this is garden, is a Rawdatum min al-jannah. It's a garden from Jannah. So when you prayed, and those of you who you haven't been there, imagine the feeling, praying in a place in this dunya that is actually from Jannah. Can you imagine the feeling, Ya Allah! I am in Jannah. I am in Jannah, in this world. You know, what else is from Jannah? In this world, what else is from Jannah? Hajar Aswad, the black stone, is a stone from Jannah. And the Prophet told Amr al-Khattab, at the position of the black stone, he says, At this position, when you are next to the black stone, the tears fall. You're, you're next to something from Jannah in this dunya. Now, can you imagine the mercy of Allah? We talked about the mercy of Allah. Can you imagine, brothers, can you imagine a scenario where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed you in this dunya to enter into a garden from the gardens of Jannah? Do you think He will then forbid you from the true Jannah and Akhirah? Do you think He will forbid you from the true Jannah of Akhirah? So now when you go into sujood, and you know, the closest feeling I can tell you to being in the roda, to be in a place of Jannah, is to be in sujood. Because when you know that your arms and your face and your knees and feet have been forbidden on hellfire, then what do you ask Allah in a position when dua is answered? You say, oh Allah, out of your mercy, you have forbidden the limbs of sujood on hellfire. So, oh Allah, forbid the rest of my body and health Do you think Allah won't do that? You know, in fiqh, in fiqh, in the hamdani madhab, this is interesting, pay attention. A slave, if the owner of the slave is rich, and he says, I free your hand. Sounds strange but pay attention if I, he says to the slave I free your hand and if he is rich then this freedom spreads to the rest of the body and the man is freed Now the poet he says Ya Rabbi sujudi min fadlika wa He says Oh, oh, my Lord, the limbs of Sujood, you have, for, you have saved, you have freed from hellfire. From your everlasting bounty, and you are the one who is everlasting. Then he says, الْغَنِي الْغِنَى> He says, and, and in our case, if a portion of the body is freed, then it spreads to the rest of the body. In the case of someone who is rich, so he says, Ya al Ghina, Oh the one who is most rich, al Ghani. If this is the case of the slaves in this world, if they free a portion of the body, the rest of the body is freed. He says, Oh Allah, you are the most rich, and you have forbidden my limbs. You have freed my limbs from hellfire. So he says, Thamn al al Fani bi baqi. He says, then, then grant the one who is going to perish with freedom of the rest of the body on hellfire. Do you understand that? If the brothers insist, you understand. If Allah has allowed from this dunya that a rich person frees apart and the whole body is freed, what about Allah, who is the most rich? He has already forbidden, He has freed our limbs from hellfire. So when we are in sajda, we beg of Allah, O oh Allah, free the rest of us from hellfire. This is sujood. This is sujood. So now, you know, Ibn al-Qayyim, he says, what's interesting about every position of salah is that everything is done once, except for sujood. It's done twice. Why? Have you ever thought about that? Ruku is once, standing is once, recitation is once. But sujood is twice. He says, He says when the greatest pillar of salah is as-sujood, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, almost like a gift for the ummah. It's done twice. Now when you have this feeling and you're in sujood in Salat al-Maghrib, And you get up from sujood, what will your heart long for, number one? Let me go back. Let me go back a second time. Let me go back a second time. So Allah, as a gift, go back a second time, my slave. Abdeen, usjod marratin akhra. Go ahead and make another sajda. Ya Allah, this is the position of sujood in a salah.